Dr. Rob, I'd like to talk about one of the most intricate elements of, of our human biology, which is the immune system. And, um, and, and I'd like to start with the sales pitch of Big Pharma. So I'd like to start with like, how are these, how are these injections being marketed as such a wonderful thing? So in essence, people are injected with genetic material. The genetic material goes into their cells. Their cells then start producing this spike protein of last year's model of the coronavirus. And year that, before last. Year, oh yes, that's it, time keeps flying forward. So people's bodies are now producing uh, the spike protein. Um, and now that their body's flooded with spike protein produced by their own cells, their body then generates some antibodies to the spike protein, okay? So that sounds wonderful. I mean, antibodies are good, antibodies fight disease. So what could be going wrong? And yet, the people who've been injected with this stuff and who have these antibodies, we're finding a surprise, for some of us anyways, in the data, which is overall, they have higher loads of virus in their system. Overall, they're getting more severe disease. The more shots they take, the more likely they are to die of COVID. And it appears that by all honest statistics, the people who've resisted the injections, though they may be unemployed, uh, they're the ones who are dying the least of COVID. What's going on? You know, the, the premise that the world jumped on board with Operation Warp Speed to do something that's never been done with a category of, of pharmaceutical products that have never been rolled out in any kind of number. And in fact, they've failed quite spectacularly when they've, they've been tried on, on MERS before. Um, but um, is this idea that, that these neutralizing antibodies would completely sterilize, they would bind so tightly to the ACE2 receptors that provides entry for the virus particles once it's got through the physical and biochemical barriers of the respiratory mucosa, and, and it would completely stop replication. So very early on, we knew that these weren't fully sterilizing antibodies. Um, and, and, and then later on, we discovered that the, their effect would wane pretty quickly. So um, that, that means this, this illusion of having a vaccine that would stop transmission was known very early on wasn't going to work and, and that's one of the reasons many of us have struggled to use the term vaccination because vaccination is about using a particular um, technology that would cause the immune system to be able to sterilize the infection so you stop transmission so that that hasn't worked so COVID-19 vaccines have always only been at best a treatment so they should be seen in the same way as you look at remdesivir or monopiravir or vitamin c or vitamin d quercetin and zinc which is what many people have been using albeit a little safer yeah <laughs> um so it, it's it's just another another treatment um and of course like any treatment you then got to look well what are the consequences of using this treatment on a regular basis because we know we have in, you know waning effectiveness um, but we also have um, that could be deemed you know a short-term benefit what about the risks and um, 
The risks with any treatment have got to be seen in the context what happens if you keep using it. We, we know with uh, you know ibuprofen, paracetamol, a whole bunch of NSAIDs that are used routinely, don't keep using them. You know, we, we know with um, high dose zinc, you know, 50 milligrams of zinc a day, don't keep using it. You disturb Th1, Th2, uh, helper cells in the immune system and, and um, you've got to get to a lower dose, get into your optimum zone. Um, with these COVID-19 injections, there hasn't been a public or a medical or scientific discussion on that. And what we're all beginning to see is significant evidence, as you've described, of what appears to be immune erosion. And that immune erosion, which is likely to become worse, the more chronically exposed someone is. So, you know, there's going to be a big difference potentially between someone who chooses to have one injection compared with a person who lines up in order, thinking that they're getting maximum protection every four months or every six months. Um, so how does that work? Well, some of the things we, we know is, is that we see a suppression of the innate immune system. And the innate immune system, particularly for SARS-CoV-2, is the most important protection we can have. Um, because it's, it's the part of the immune system, the more primitive part, doesn't mean it's not sophisticated, it's really sophisticated, but it's the more primitive part from an evolutionary perspective that reacts within seconds or minutes of being exposed. So, you know, if you're gonna stop this virus from entering cells, you wanna try and do it as early as possible. What we've had is our attention focused on the adaptive immune system. The adaptive immune system takes several days to swing into action. And um, by the time several days are up, um, we can see a lot of replication. And so um, if we don't also work with the innate immune system, we've got a problem because we it's like you've left the flood doors open and you've got to deal with a whole bunch of viruses replicating away um, within the cells. And of course, if it gets into the vascular system, and we know this is again from the work at Salk Institute, but we've got to recategorize this particular pathogen, not just as a, as a respiratory pathogen, but it's a vascular pathogen. A lot of the um, impacts that have led to the most um, serious morbidity and mortality ends up happening once we see the pathogen, the spike protein, moving into the vascular system, around the pulmonary system, around the lungs. So that's where all the breathing difficulties come in. Um, so what we're beginning to see is this, this suppression of these antibodies, not, not the neutralizing antibodies of the adaptive immune system, but the polygenic, less specific antibodies of the innate immune system. We see suppression of killer cells with natural killer cells that are really, really important. Um, and um, so that is a major issue. So for, for children, young people that were routinely pretty resistant to SARS-CoV-2, by exposing them routinely to, to the jabs, we're eroding the most important part of their immune system, but also we're impacting the general population because it, it's a difficult thing for some people to maybe grasp, but the kids are actually 
our savior here by by allowing the kids who are um, gifted with this really effective innate immune system they develop improved adaptive immunity during their lives we're actually making it much worse for granny you know for the people so um, sadly many people thought the best thing we can do is inject our kids but you're injecting them priming them to develop an elevated neutralizing antibody response IgG response but to the spike protein not to the 25 other proteins that are linked to um, the whole virus that we are exposed to from natural circulation um, so so that's a major problem um, we also have another problem um, that um, is called original antigenic sin that that means that the way the immune system trains itself onto a pathogen in nature that pathogen you might be exposed to as a child um, and it, it locks on and develops a specific memory to that pathogen so when it sees something that's like it but a bit different it doesn't respond properly because it it goes for the original thing that's original antigenic sin now the problem we have here is when you start vaccinating people with something that is designed to respond to the spike protein when it sees the real virus that has moved on evolutionarily it's moved on the spike protein is already different omicron is very different from uh, alpha delta is different from omicron etc um, what we may be exposed to later this winter might be the next variant on from omicron um, so if you then had your your vaccine it doesn't work so well because you've created you've simulated original antigenic sin on a huge bunch of the population um, so um, and then we see another very disturbing process which is the suppression of our t-cells you know our t-cells are a really intelligent part of adaptive immunity that that um, takes these naive t-cells it trains them to respond to um, a particular pathogen and kill cells that contain that pathogen so these are the you know the, the killer t um, lymphocytes and and we see a real suppression of the cd4 plus cd8 plus um, um, killer t cells um, and and that's now a, a very grave concern because they are so important in terms of dealing with cancer cells that we're already seeing clinicians who have had many patients in remission from cancer seeing cancer coming back ferociously really aggressively yes. um, and that's almost certainly associated with t-cell suppression so um, we are we are looking at a completely novel situation everyone is learning while we're going along but the fact that we've got signals out there suggesting that there are multiple ways in which both innate and adaptive immunity is being damaged we should really take stock particularly when the threat to life from the wild circulating virus is not there and when we know that if we just allow ourselves to be exposed to it so we can develop more robust natural immunity we're going to be in a much better position yes you know something that that has certainly upset me a lot is the suppression of safe effective chief treatments because when people are injected with these so-called vaccines 
um, and it is interfering with their innate immune system. It is interfering with them developing proper immunity when they contact with the virus. On the other hand, safe effective treatments like protocols that involve ivermectin predominantly along with you know aspirin antihistamine like very safe very effective stuff where we see reduction in death and severity of disease in the orders of 85 percent so you start with a very low mortality you, you start with a disease that had like 0.15 percent mortality and if you make available cheap safe effective treatment um you reduce the mortality to to like a infinitesimally small but while having those treatments the immune system is not being interfered with the innate immune system is not being interfered with so while people are safe and having a mild illness they're developing that robust effective broad immunity that can last them a lifetime whereas the alternative while these safe cheap attract effective treatments are being suppressed you have these record profiting injections being promoted that eight don't work their 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 risk reduction is in the orders of 0.05 and then if you follow along it actually gives you increased risk and you're stopping those people from being able to develop immunity it's an assault 100 yeah. percent